Praise the Lord. Good morning, Father God. Good morning, Lord Jesus. Good morning, Holy Spirit. And good morning, Jesus believers. Uh, I hope you can hear me. That mix-up was my my own mistake. Um, There's a short, I see, in one of these speakers that ain't no good. And I was trying to reconfigure things a little bit. Um, I guess some of you know, I've, I've just, we had we a work here. This was an old church. It required a lot of work. And plus, I had some things that people had left. Uh, demonic imprints in Meaning, I know that there's some stuff I had, but I thought I could use it a little while. But I know it had some, um, uh, every time I would touch it, I could feel, I could feel, and I knew it had some demonic, uh, uh, anyway, I got rid of it. 
So that means that we had to, we had a whole bunch of work to do. And I stopped doing the work. Freaker sound is Thank you. I had stopped doing the work, doing uh, doing uh, uh, Jesus' birthday time. And so I'm happy to report. I, I'm probably post some pictures somewhere, but I finished all that. Well, I'm not 100% finished, but I'm 99.5. In the, I got it just like I wanted. I don't know how many of you ever saw my the healing home we had here, but um, it was very, very comfortable and very nice. And so I finally got the fellowship where I wanted. Um, we're not done yet because now I got to do a whole new thing with the. We got three phase um, here. But it seemed like because there was a leak in the roof that um, we were blessed. We were blessed, no fire or anything, but water came down. And so the electrician is working up and got to pull a permit, I think, um, on the electrical. But we've been doing a lot of work. And um, I can really say... I can really say that I really love this place. It took me a year to get it prayed in at the level of the anointing I wanted to be in. It took one solid year for that. Um, the meeting I had, I had a meeting at 8 o'clock. I was just exhausted because I did a lot of physical. This other um Lady, senior citizen, she said, how you do all that work? I said, it's the Holy Ghost, but it will catch up with you. So we need to reschedule that meeting. Um, brothers and sisters, got, I want to I tell you, I want to talk to you in a parable this morning. I want to speak to you in a parable about two things, but... The first thing is that when God gives you a mission, you can't expect other people to to jump on it. Or when God called you, I used to teach this message called God called Abraham. God didn't call Lot with Abraham. God called Abraham. <clears throat> when God called Abraham, he called Abraham to do the job. And it was Abraham that took his nephew Lot with him. But God called Abraham to do that job. And God called Abraham alone. God also called Abraham friend. God called Abraham friend. And obviously, by Lot's, um, the way he is characterized in the Bible, when Abraham's herdsmen and Lot's herdsmen were squabbling, 
over, I guess, grazing rights or something like that. Abraham went to Lot. Look around. You 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 take whichever way you want to go, and I'll take the other way. I told you that God called Abraham alone, and the anointing was on Abraham. Now, if you read your Bible, you're going to see that what I'm telling you is the truth this morning. Lot looked around, and he took what he thought was the best. He took what he thought was going to work for him. And Abraham said, okay, you take that. He he took what he thought was the most, um, the best, really. Now, he gave no thought to the fact that if it wasn't for his uncle Abraham, he wouldn't, he'd still been back there uh, worshiping um, idols. He would have still been back there in earth. (laughs) But when it came down to the rubber meeting the road, Lot said, I'm going to take the best, uncle. And you can make it the best way you can, uncle. But he forgot that the was on his uncle. (laughs) He forgot that. He forgot that every battle that they had gone through and won, that every step and inch of the way, the anointing was on Abraham. So Lot, being uh, greedy, selfish, prideful, took what in his natural he thought the best was, and he headed out Sodom and Gomorrah. Now, when he got there, wherever it was he went, he wasn't satisfied there. When he got there, because he, he didn't go to Sodom and Gomorrah first. He went on the land outside of Sodom and Gomorrah, which looks like the most luscious, the most beautiful, the best. And and, and, he, and I'm going to keep emphasizing this, because he told his uncle, <clears throat> I'm going to take the best. Long, see you later. I'm ungrateful. It doesn't matter. And he headed toward Sodom. Now, the story goes on that um, Lot got in trouble. Lot got in trouble and and was taken captive. Now, Abraham had come all this way. They had won those battles. He had never been taken captive. As a matter of fact, his army was stronger and even bigger. Well, Lot got in trouble, and one man, uh, one of the herdsmen came to Abraham and said, the enemy has taken Lot captive. And Abraham, he loves his nephew. Now, Abraham had 300, I think it was 300, fighting men. And skilled, but you got to understand this, 
They were all under Abraham's anointing. They had all been trained by Abraham. They were all followers of how Abraham led them. So Abraham took off, rescued Lot and all his men, and then Lot went into Sodom and Gomorrah. This time, God sent angels to Abraham because God said, should I withhold from Abraham what I'm about to do? And obviously God thought, no, I'm going to tell Abraham I'm getting ready to go over there and I'm getting ready to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah with all of their um, lust and with all of their filth and with all of their abomination to me. That's the, you know, I'm, I'm just talking to you this morning. And I don't really know why I'm going this way because, oh, well, have your way, Holy Spirit. So God said he didn't listen to you in the first time, so I'm sending some angels. I'm going to send some angels. Lot's family while living in Sodom and Gomorrah. His family was beginning to lean toward the enemy, especially his wife. You got to read this for yourself. God will show you what he wants to show you. And so begin to intercede. And you know the story. The count went down to the point where God said, if I could find 10 men, I won't do it. I won't destroy it. If I could find 10. Just 10. So when the angels got to Sodom and Gomorrah, the people wanted to uh, mess the angels up. And Lot brought the angels house and the angels told Lot what they were about to do and that they wanted to rescue their family about about what God was going to do and so Lot got his wife and his kids together and uh, the angels had to strike the people blind the Sodomites. And they went right through the middle. They passed right through the middle of them. They were saved right through the middle of them. And they they left with the angel. But God had given an instruction. He said, whatever you do when you leave, don't look back. Do not look back. Leave faith going forward. And remember Jesus said, I I set my face toward Jerusalem. And that's what God had instructed them to do. But you see, the way of the world of Sodom and Gomorrah had become more ingrained in Lot's wife than in Lot. And the Bible says, 
as they were leaving, God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. And Lot's wife turned and looked back. And the Bible said says that she became a pillar of salt. If that wasn't a sign and a miracle and a wonder, I don't know what is. She became a pillar of salt because she she didn't disobey God. She disobeyed the instructions from God that was delivered by God's angels. You're going to have to get the message God got for you out of this message, this one that I'm sharing with you, but I'm going to share something else. Most of you know I'm an overseas missionary. And most of you know one of the places, I was in Central America and I was in Lemoyne, Honduras. Now you got to remember, this was like 40 years ago. 40 years. And it was time for me to leave up in those mountains. I had learned the dialect. I could speak Karifna. I had brought refrigerators and um, set up a little source of energy up there. I was ministering to the Mosquito Indians and the people, people and the black people that had been African slaves that had jumped off the slave ship. They didn't want to be a slave and went and hid up in the mountains. And uh, up there where I was, the Catholic missionaries, so they, they formed another language. But the Catholic missionaries couldn't understand what they were saying. And the primary source of income up there when I got was gold, believe it or not. The Mosquito Indians and the Honduran Honduranians would they would it was so much it was it was a lot of gold up there. They would even pan gold. They would go to the gold mines. Even the um, the earth where the where the gold where they were getting the gold out of was full of um, minerals up there, and it was time for me to go, but I didn't want to go. As a matter of fact, I I thought I was gonna stay there the rest of my life, working with the people and um, probably. There, but everywhere I go that God sends me, where I really, really like, I always think, you know, I'm going to be here forever. So it was time for me to go, and I didn't want to go. And God kept telling me it was time for me to go. Well, if you can remember, <clears throat> there was a war between. Um, the Contras and the Sandinistas, which means there was a war between um, Nicaragua 
and oh man, love that love country. Can't remember. But anyway, I used to stand on those mountains and I used to watch the flares of the bullets going by. The war was between um, Nicaragua and El Salvador. And so I fooled around and God was telling me it's time to go. I didn't want to go. So I didn't believe it was really God telling me it was time to go. So one day I built a little church up there. It it wasn't that many people where I was. And I built a little church up there in the mountains, in those mountains. And one day God said, it's time for you to go now. And I still was thinking, man, Satan really wanted to get me out of here. But it wasn't Satan, brothers and sisters. That night, a man came. He was an American. He was a Caucasian. And he said, God sent me up here to save your life. And I'm thinking, you just getting here and you're going to tell me God sent you to save my life? He said, yeah. He said, now, I'm going to tell you one time because I'm not, I don't want to God no favors, but if I didn't come up here, I, I don't think I would have lived. He had the raggediest Jeep I'd ever seen. And I'm thinking, we, you, you're not going to get me in that. Talking about going down. Uh-uh. He said, then, I, I said, uh-uh, no. God ain't sent you up here. I really did this. A couple hours later, a brother came that I had been grooming to turn the church over to. And he said, Sister Erica, um, they coming up here. You see, the people had all kind of gold um, statues and um, because gold, that, gold didn't mean anything to them. As a fact, if you ever see my hand, I have this ring. And the ring, the people think the ring is ugly because it was handcrafted out of uh, solid gold. They made the ring for me. And they put a cross in the middle. And that's why I wear that ring. And so, but the gold, the gold, the gold was only a means to take to the assayer to buy what people needed. He said, but, but they're coming up here. And they're going to raid this village with gold. And I still didn't believe them. He said, you better go now. So I said, okay. I prayed. And I really thought I was getting out of the will of God. But I got in that raggedy Jeep. And we headed down from Le Moines to Tegucigalpa. On to the highway that take you into Belize, Cancun, and you can drive. You can drive to Central America. I don't know if you knew that. 
back to uh, Texas because the, the border, when you drive across that border, you go into Texas, believe it or not. So we left, and sure enough, the police came up there, the road police, and they took all the gold and the gold objects. You know, people had crosses and little um, little lumps of gold, and they took it. And it really, really hurt me because they didn't have to do that. They tore the village up. The village is not as a, it's a city, small city. But this is what I want to tell you. As I was driving with this man, I didn't know him from Adam. He didn't know me, but God sent him to save my life. He began to talk, and I began, because I pray out loud. I was dirty. Um, I didn't have any money, because I, I lived off of $64 a month. That was my salary, $64 a month. And I said to myself, what am I going to do? I said that to myself. And the man said, <clears throat> he said, you're going to be fine. He said, let me tell you my story. He said, I want you to pray for me because I am a backslidden preacher. He said, I left my denomination and went to live in Nicaragua, put me a built me a bar. He had a bar, and I was selling alcohol. God made me leave to come up there and rescue you. He said, "So I'm as mad as you are." <laughs> he said, "I'm not happy about none of this." When we got to Belize, I saw there was a that's how I got to Belize. And I said, well, let's help these people for a little bit. We didn't have to do much. And we came on into Texas. And that's how I got to California because God said, I want you to go I prepared a place for you in California. And he had. And it was a marvelous place. And that's how I got to minister to all those um, old movie stars and get them filled with the Holy Ghost. And the preacher got a four square. He became four square. He still got a four square church there in, in California now. But the point is this. I didn't want to leave what I had built and, and, and had become comfortable. I didn't even see the value in, in all that gold and stuff because that was not my intent. My intent was to get a whole village saved and brought up to snuff. My intent was I saw 
a need and I fulfilled it. That was my first missionary journey and experience with missions. My second one, five years ago, I think it's been about five years, maybe six, I wanted to help in Jamaica. And that's how I got on the radio because I could use the blog talk and I could minister to people in Jamaica. I just had to buy them um, phone cards every month. I want not, When I say I, by then, um, God always sends people to work with the mission, whatever it is that he gives you. So you know what I did for the Jamaican children? Y'all remember this, Brad John Jose? We bought 60 goats. <laughs> I had 60 children. And I didn't know how to really help the children. And I had a, a friend, minister. We bought a goat, one goat <clears throat> for 60 children. So we bought 60 goats. And we had a problem with the 60 goats because it was a problem. It was a problem. We had to buy the 60 goats twice. So we bought the goats and we gave each child a goat so that the child would learn responsibility and the goat, the goats could, you know, make and make more goats for the families of the children that we have. And we did that. We did that. And now, and then you know how I got here to Dalton and so forth. What I'm trying to tell you is just because you have not had any experience with missions and missional ministry, it always has been. America was really founded by a missional journey. Pilgrims came here religious freedom. But but the mission when when God sends me on a mission, it's always for deliverance and healing. Deliverance, healing, and healing. Now I have been studying Ethiopia. There are a lot of Ethiopians that support this terror. Not a lot. One or two, I'm sorry. But the one or two that do, no, four, four, are very faithful. So when God gave me that vision, I understood it. And when God gave me the specific instructions, I understood them too. But when God said, I want you to put this person's face on it because I want I want to uh, I want to show them in a charitable endeavor. Well the person that I wanted to put their face on it for the very first time decided that they're gonna do it for themselves. And that's fine because they had already started doing something through their Facebook. I don't know. I don't look. I don't even have Facebook. 
So they said, I don't want to do it. Now that threw me for a loop because God doesn't usually tell me, but then God made me remember that I didn't want to leave Honduras. I was trying so hard to find a way to help the Jamaican children, and he provided the goats. When I got to California, I didn't know. I didn't have nothing. And he provided a wealthy, um, what do you call these people? Anyway, they 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 ran. They had a horse in the Preakness, so they horse people. That's all I know. And they gave me a mini mansion to live in and work out of. I'm sharing this with you this morning because when the person said no, I don't want to do it, me for a loop for a minute. I'm thinking, well, wait a minute, God, you. And so I had to go back to God to find out. He said, I give people assignments according to their ability to accomplish them. He said, I'll show you what to do. I'll show you what to do. I understand to you. He'll show you what to do, whoever you are too. And I was in a situation in the mountains in uh, Honduras where I was going to die. They were going to kill me to get that gold. And I didn't even know it. I wanted to bless these children that I was ministering to and training ministers via the blog talk radio. But I knew they needed more. I watched, I looked at their little eyes and their faces and I knew they needed more. When I got to um, where I used to live, coming out of that, into Agora Hills, Agora Hills, California, right behind Malibu. That's where I was living. That's where God had these people race horses. That's what they raised. They raised thoroughbred horses, right? But yet it's still, they had provision for me. Get your eyes away from how God is going to do it. But just know that as you complete the mission for him, it will be done. And understand this. Nine times out of ten, the people you ask going to say no. Anticipate it. Anticipate it. In the army, they call it having a plan A and a plan B, and then a backup with C. <laughs> but I have all my um, ministerial life 
has been like It has been just like this. God says it. I wait and follow his instructions, and it is done. It is done. You cannot see the way God sees. God sees the end from the beginning. And he expects us to trust him in his process of working out the middle and everything else in between. Don't, you got a purpose in your heart to get fear out of your life. The very thing that the devil is telling you to do will be the thing that appears to be easy and just going to breeze through. But you see, sir, I, I personally had to learn that there's a good thing, but it might not be the God thing. But the God thing always turned out to be the good thing. You got a scripture for what you talked about this morning, Erica? Yeah, I got one. God says that the heart is desperately wicked. Who can know it? Who can know it? And don't think that everybody that's in your face saying, I'm with you and grinning at you, is really with you because thank you Jeremiah seventeen nine, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked who can know it but what you're going to have to do you're going to have to set your face like Jesus said I set my face Toward fulfilling God's purpose in my life. And if you don't know what that purpose is, the Bible says, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God. You don't want to be. You do not want to be running around here trying to function in somebody else's anointing. You don't want to do that. You know why? Because it won't work for you. It might get you up, but it won't get you up. Because the Bible says that each man must be fully persuaded in their own mind. And let me tell you something. A lot of people today are not fully persuaded about anything. A lot of people today don't even have their own mind because their mind has been so infiltrated and so polluted. Just like Lot. He forgot. He forgot. And you know what? 
even when he came out of Sodom and Gomorrah, that filth was still on him. It was on his girls, on his children, brothers and sisters. You must be fully persuaded in your own mind. I want to put this script, find the, put this scripture up there, uh, Jessica. You will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. The truth will make you free, brothers and sisters. When I found out that they went up there and they pilfered all their gold, and the only reason they were going to kill me is because I would have been a witness. That's all. That's all. And I could speak perfect English and be able to recount it. They were going to take my life for that. When I found out the truth, don't you know I was a happy camper? Don't you know when me and this, the preacher departed, he went one way, I went to the other. And he said, how are you going to make it? I said, God will provide for me. And he'll provide for you too. I, I, I prayed with him. I took him through deliverance. He got restored to the kingdom. I'm talking about this to somebody this morning. You're standing at a crossroads. You know the truth in your heart. But you were just like me, you know. You were a little too comfortable. God sent a rescuer, but I wasn't that. The scriptures say, out of the mouths of one of his witnesses, let every word be established. So when I had the second witness, that was it. I didn't go there with nothing. I didn't leave there with nothing except my, my, uh, my ring and my passport and my important papers. And a lot, a lot of memories and a lot, a lot of experience of Jesus of the miraculous. And what? He saved my life. And, and the crazy thing is the Jeep had been so rigged up that if you drove it a long time, the steering wheel would get so hot, you couldn't hold it because I guess it needed, the guy said it needed a new um, something, and they put it in wrong. So then you'd have to let the steering wheel cool off and keep driving. <laughs> I don't know. Your life with Christ is supposed to be new every morning. Well, I think they said, uh, that song used to say, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. It is new every morning. Live for Jesus. 
So many of you have never had an experience, experience with God. Keep living. Keep serving. It's coming. Because you see, you must become a God-made man or a God-made woman. And this is how your faith increases. And this is how your relationship grows. And this is how you come into the maturity of Christ Jesus. The more you know him, the more you live for him, the more you love him, and the more you love him, and the more you love him, and the more you love him. But if you never, ever really get to know him, that love level is not where it's supposed to be. You're supposed to have a love relationship with the Lord. I serve him because I love him. I serve him in honesty and truth because I don't want to disappoint him. I love him. Some of you must get delivered from lust. Lust is stopping you from loving Jesus. It is not sexual, sensual. It's not intimacy. It is a fulfilling of the flesh. You gotta know the difference. You gotta know the difference. I said to somebody, talked to so many people, I don't even remember who it was. It might have been you if you're listening. The problem with the church today is religion and lust. Religious lust. And like the apostle Paul, some of you are going to begin to be knocked off your horse because God is going to expose to you that you are living in religious lust and not a true intimate relationship, relationship with your Father God, His Son Jesus, and the power of His own Holy Spirit dwelling in you, which brings us around to this. If you don't know the difference between love and lust, and Christ is living in you, lust is blocking your love relationship. You might not like what I'm saying this morning, 
But I'm going to tell you something. It's going to liberate somebody on here today. It's going to set somebody today, not tomorrow. It's going to allow somebody to see. You don't put your life on the line in lust, but in a true loving relationship, you'll put your life on the line for the love of God. What's the Bible say? Which is shared abroad in our hearts. Love emanates from the heart. The inward man. I serve Jesus because I love him. And I love him more and more and more every day. That song says it gets sweeter and sweeter as days go by. Oh, what a love between my Lord and I. The enemy didn't want this message on. But I know it's been my experience. Whatever I had to fight to break through, God is going to manifest his glory and show himself strong in the life of somebody. This message was for somebody this morning. Come out from among the lies. Come out from among your religiosity. Loose yourself. Get delivered from the bondage of all those lies you've taken on. The truth will make you free, make you fulfill, and make you successful. And the Bible says, come out from among them and be ye holy. And touch not the unclean thing. I don't know what it is. I know this. In your walk, with the Lord Jesus Christ, you cannot afford, you cannot afford to have lust lying to you. In you cannot afford, the Bible says, lust, when it is conceived, bring it forth death. The Bible says all that is in the world is lust of the eye, lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. I don't even want to go there with pride. That's another killer in the kingdom of God. It is time. It is time. It is time. Don't allow the devil 
to trick you or cause you to miss out on God's plan for your life. God's plan was given to you from the beginning. And the devil, the enemy of your soul, the hater, the hater, the hater because you can have what the devil can never have. The devil been judged. The devil been judged. He can never have the kind of relationship that God has provided for you for eternity. Not just here today and gone tomorrow. Not just three minutes or two seconds. Eternally. Eternally. Take heed. Temptation, but 
near the sound of a mighty rush of wind. It's close enough than it's ever been. I can almost hear the trumpet. 